We would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the lands in which we gather and speak today. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening. Sovereignty has never been ceded and the treaty was never signed. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hi there, it's Deddy from the F&D podcast. How are you? I hope that you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. Well, I'm looking back at all the past recordings so far. And well, there's something to be said about looking at these recordings. It's like unwrapping a gift. You just don't know what's inside. However, when you look back or you hear it, it's a gift and it's something that's of value. Well, this one is a conversation with two beautiful f and Maggie and Chrissy, which we both come to love and treasure. We both love these girls. And even though it's from the past, it really still highlights the importance of mental health and issues that some of us face today. So without further ado, here's this beautiful gift, this conversation between me, Maggie and Chrissy, or a little catch up on the F&D podcast. You're listening to the F&D podcast where we're talking all things F&D. How are you guys going so far? Chrissy was saying that she's more physically um, affected with F&D now. Well, it's more my hormones. My F&D has been okay. Like I haven't had any seizures, which is good. But it's more the exhaustion, which the perimenohormone stuff just makes a million times worse. Mm. Yeah. And body aching. My body is just screaming constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I've been actually um, flaring up nonstop, really, uh, all last week, this week. And it doesn't actually help when there's um, family issues occurring as well um when you're in emotional turmoil um it seems like your body's always on the edge more and you tend to actually start to actually your body just i don't know it's on it's always on edge and on fire all the time so that's where i'm at as well um yeah how about you maggie how are you going um yeah i've been up and down um i think like i had look fnd hasn't been like it's been okay um i'm still having seizures pretty regularly and um other symptoms too but i last like more my mental health hasn't been very good i had like really bad kind of depressive episodes or a depressive episode last week to the point where I was just really unwell. So that wasn't super good. Uh, that was not fun. And I've perked back up though. And like, I'm just kind of really happy that um, yesterday I was at uni kind of all day and still managed to get through that and um, cook dinner and like just had a really like good spoons day, which was just <laughs> Uh, considering that's like a rare thing um but yeah look I'm, I'm okay just kind of yeah up and down I think as we all kind of are um and yeah 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 
Oh, well, how do you actually, I know this sounds really silly, um, but how do you actually get through like the emotional hard days? As in like depression? Yeah. Um, With everything as well and, you know. Yeah, look, it's interesting um it's it's not so I find that like abnormally like so I was diagnosed with like major depression like a couple of years ago but um like I'm medicated for it and that really helps same with I have quite bad anxiety too um and yeah that that really helps but I guess I still get these like depressive episodes they just don't last as long which i guess is like good they they're kind of like i think they're like short more short and sharp Mm. um like they're really bad but they don't last like weeks um so yeah look it's really hard i i think i also was just struggling really hard been really struggling with uni like if i'm honest it's just getting assignments in full-time uni like it's just really really hard um and I was just yeah like the depression was no good but I also had a few meltdowns like just was not coping just panicking and when I started like panicking and dissociating and like feeling awful then I'd go into a seizure and like it it would just kind of snowball yeah so it just kind of everything yeah when it's it's weird like when I first started getting the depressive episodes um like with, alongside FND because like FND that was when my ticks were really bad like I was ticking quite like non-stop pretty much um which I'm very grateful they're not that bad anymore they're a lot less frequent um yeah but yeah I when I was really depressed the ticks would stop like completely where even though normally I'd be like ticking heaps it was like my brain just couldn't it was really weird um and yeah so like that was an interesting thing but um to get through it I think for me I just I try and as much as possible just remove any stresses like just go okay this assignment is even when my brain's not like working super well and um like I can't really logically think if I'm super anxious and in that heightened state. Um, generally, like my mom or my partner Jake or someone will be like, "Okay, let's move some stresses. Let's get rid of the assignment. Go sit outside. Let's do some breathing. Um, yeah. You know, have a cup of tea. Uh, if I really need to, I have benzodiazepines, which is like a Valium sort of thing. If I'm really like panicking and just my systems." Yeah, if I'm really unwell, I'll take that. But try not to. Um, Yeah, and I just kind of try to change my environment, try and breathe, try and, like, just talk it out a lot of the time, just getting some reassurance, just talking it out. Um, And I've been having regular psych appointments, like, weekly, which is really good. Yeah. Um, I've actually up my um, psych appointments at the moment because – mentally trying to help someone with their issues as well has impacted me so greatly that Mm. I haven't been able to cope so I've had to actually do that and I think you know addressing your own mental health to help yourself 
you should be okay. You know, you, you should be mm-hmm. able to do that without any qualms, you know, and remove that stigma as well. It's okay to actually reach out and talk to someone, you know, if you need yeah. it. Yeah. Um, what I love especially, Chrissy, about you and your stories is, you know, when you post your stories, especially of you hanging out, at the beach or like in your hammock oh. oh my goodness you take me away to another place i'm like oh so I, good I, I, wish was, there. I spend a lot of time in that hammock because interestingly well because i have to rest a lot yeah but it's just so freaking soothing like my nervous system just goes oh my god give me more of this so it's like a sensory swing right like it's almost like yeah yeah sometimes though i will warn people with fnd if they've got that dizziness kind of stuff as a part of their fnd and it's triggered by movement sometimes the hammock can trigger that so i don't spend too much i just try to lay there as still as possible (laughs) otherwise i will be dizzy and spinning but yes it's very and that's the whole point is to take you away to where i am it's a bit of like a breather yeah because yeah. I was just like oh that's really nice because <laughs> at one point it looked like um the story was like a little mini video but it looked like a, a photo because it was so still and I'm going hang on is this, is this <laughs> and I'm like oh yes it is because yeah. I, I see like a little the the tree leaf kind of go oh it's slightly moving <laughs> okay yeah, but the hammock is definitely, it kind of feels like to me, it almost is like, you know, when you get in a pool and you float, it kind of mm. very primal and it takes you back to the womb, kind of, not that I remember the womb, but I imagine <laughs> yes. what the womb would feel like. And so when I get in the hammock and I'm gently rocking and I'm held in the hammock, that's where my brain automatically thinks. is like, oh, this must be what it's like in the womb. Yeah. I- totally agree like I've been I think I put something on my story as well where I was just like if I was feeling really overstimulated at home I was feeling really my nervous system wasn't doing so well so I was like okay I'm just gonna go on like a gentle walk um and I just knew that I wanted to go on a swing and you know there's like basket swings that are kind of like round and they've got like crisscross they're kind of more a new type of swing I just lie on the swing and this particular one kind of goes around and just gently I just kind of lie in that and I love it like for my nervous system it's just so good like I totally agree nurturing your soul I guess um you know does this happen to help you with your flares up too when you start to meditate then like tapping um your deep breathing your meditation and does that it's just another form it's just like you know hammock is just another form of soothing i guess meditation is soothing tapping can be soothing i think it's Mm. just another Another avenue yeah i guess it's a case of finding obviously not everybody is going to like like a hammock or tapping or meditating or whatever it's about finding something that's you feel the difference in your nervous system. You feel that soothing yourself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Actually, you know, what actually helped me at the moment, because I, I seem to not be able to focus so, so very much, especially when I'm flaring up a lot, is just 
checking out. Really, mm. I I can't. Mm-hmm. So I feel sometimes that's what's needed. Sometimes yeah. you need to just go. I'm out, and you got to tap out, and that's it. Like literally on everything, pretty much. Yeah, you do hundred percent. That was me last week. Tap out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's okay to say no, you know, yeah. and yeah. feel guilty about it, you know, so, you know, yeah. pressure on yourself as well. So, yeah. Well, it's tricky. It's I think what you were just saying before too, Chrissy, is like it's understanding your sensory needs. Like I was really lucky and um, found an OT that knew a lot about F&D and kind of put together a sensory profile for me. Mm. So like what I do like, what I don't like, um, I find sounds really triggering. They like set off my tics or a seizure because I don't expect them, big loud yep. ones. Um, and just some things in place of what's good, like what works. And yep. yeah, whether it's like s- sitting, whether it's tapping for me, like something that I realized is rocking, like s- kind of stimming, they call it. Yep. Like, um, And I was really nervous about that for a long time, like rocking. And sometimes I flap as well. Just it happens. Um, I'm like, oh, I just kind of listen to my body and let it do what it wants to do. But I was really nervous for a long time because of the stigma of being in public and like having those behaviours or looking like that. Mm. But at the end of the day, that's like got me through my tics, honestly, like is stimming and just re-soothing my nervous system, being like I'm in control, we're okay, you know, like actually, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. So I think it's really a huge part of like F and D and it just anyone, but particularly F and D is putting together like what what senses do you like, mm. what don't you like, you know, what sensations do you like? Are you um a person that likes to, you know, go on roller coasters and like is that is that something you enjoy? You know, mm. working out how much your tummy flips or like how much what sensations do you like, what don't you like? Um explore that, I think is really yeah. helpful. Yeah, it's something that Maggie was talking about with sensory. It just popped into my head, and I've been meaning actually to talk about this because I do it unconsciously without even knowing. But there's a technique called havening technique, mm. and it's a form of touch. And um, what they do is some psychs and stuff will be trained in it if they've got like a bit of. Um, they use it more in I think your trauma background type stuff. And what my psych taught me years back with havening is there's all different ways you can do it, obviously, and you can adapt it and alter it to you. Yeah. Um, but it's basically just a touch and it's like me rubbing my hands together, rubbing your forehead, rubbing yeah. down your arms, and it's just that. And when, you, when my psych taught me, he was teaching me to put a different language in, like the things I was saying to myself while I was doing them, oh, like mm-hmm. it might be I'm safe. I'm safe. It might be something as just simple as that and just the touch. And you do it to a point that you can feel the change and the shift. So it's almost like tapping, but it's just with gentle, flowy That's touch. Cool. Yeah. So mm. maybe that into that as well. And I do it unconsciously when I'm I remember when I was really stressed at work. I do a lot of this. I'd be touching my phone. Yes. Like, oh, mm. like, yeah. <laughs> But now I just, I do this a lot or I'm rubbing my hands together a lot. Um, And also with the FNG and the dissociation, that by doing this and focusing on this, feeling that, it keeps me in the present and not dissociating. 
and the yeah. cycle of like you've got to when you're in a situation where you can feel your nervous system coming on and you're about to dissociate you need to be looking at feeling touching tasting what's happening right now to keep you from yeah. yeah yeah more or less like you know what's um what's what are you sitting on um what's yeah. the symbol um around you at the moment um yeah. what are you seeing right now so like the five senses almost yeah mm. so she would get me to say things like i'm aware of like there's a light on in front of me i'm aware of the light i'm aware of the birds outside i'm aware of my bottom in the chair just bringing yourself back to reality right now. yeah yeah that is really interesting yeah um one thing that I didn't remember that we were going to talk about, Chrissy, and this might be interesting to you, Maggie, is um toxic positivity. Oh yes. Maybe you'll have lots to say on that. I'm sure she'll be good with this topic too. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just scrunched up like she ate a lemon. <laughs> because there are a lot of things in regards to toxic positivity, really quickly. Um because in one aspect, you could be like talking yourself positive till the sun can come out about, you know, your condition. And it can, it, can, it doesn't have to be F and D. It can be any. can point. be anything. Anything. Mm. And then there could be other people who are saying stuff about, you know, being positive and you'll get better. That yeah. is the positivity too. And, you know, that does happen when you do have FND as well and had to deal with it. You're so inspiring. You're just, oh, my gosh, your story is so inspiring. Like, well, not really. It's just. I'm it's not inspiration porn. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah, it's actually real <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, number one, how do you guys deal with other people being too positive to the point where like people are saying hey you know i just know that if you think positive you know your f and d will be better for you or you will it will go away mm. kind of <laughs> how do you how do you because i know that some of us who are listening will come across this with family members or friends who are meaning well i think we should also touch on this with people in the chronic illness community as well because we are guilty of this ourselves. it's not yes, just from able for people sure. we are yes, how do we how do we respond to like okay well me and what do we do with ourselves if we want to support people with chronic illness like you know yeah i think well from my perspective when people people that know me know not to say shit like that in the first place because <laughs> I corrected them years ago on that, so now they're educated on it. But if a stranger does it, my perspective on that is it depends on them, really how I respond. How they've approached me with that information will depend on how I respond to them because, you know, I'm quite intuitive and if I pick up that this person is going to be unable to grasp my response, I'm not going to educate them on that because that's exhausting for me. Mm -hmm. There's no point. They're not going to hear it or want to understand it anyway. So I just kind of go, 
oh, that's interesting. And I just sit there and let it wash over me. But in my mind, I'm going, pyong, 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 mm. all of the information. Um, <laughs> if, they're, if they're well-meaning and coming from a loving space, that's a little bit easier for me to tolerate. Like, yeah. because I just think, oh, you poor thing, you're just unaware. You've got no idea. And <laughs> take that on and I listen to it and then I can give feedback but if they come at me like have you should try this it's going to work and my auntie did this and it cured her of that and I'm like yeah I'm sorry that doesn't work with this like Mm -hmm. then I will educate but a lot of the time it comes down to them and their ability to perceive the information that I'm going to give them about that yeah yeah I think too, you you know, when you've been chronically ill for so long, you get really good at picking up who's going to tolerate and understand and learn from you and who's not. So yeah, you just energy where you know it's going to work. You get the sense. I feel like it's such a big thing. Like there's, and I think it was so important what you said, Chrissy, is like it's in our community too, the disabled and chronic ill community, yeah. because it's this kind of internalised ableism, this internalised like, we think that I think we're in a society where like, you know, we're like, oh, no, everything's okay. It's okay. We don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. So, yeah, yeah, it's a tricky one. Like I think it's something you get used to over time. Yeah. Yeah. And just touching back on you saying, you know, you're not wanting to, the garbage man's just about to go past, so you'll hear that. (laughs) not wanting to make people uncomfortable it's also not wanting you to feel uncomfortable Mm. as well and i find this a lot when i was working in palliative care you know we're having really hard conversations Mm. um dying and death um and i know when people would come to me and go i couldn't do what you do i could not do what you do and i'm like yeah you could you just have to it's not about you it's about the person in bed um and it kind of changes it a little bit but people when you talk about intense stuff to people you can feel them going I don't know what to do with this I don't know what to do with this so I'm just gonna go oh no no it's okay you'll feel better you'll feel better and try and but they're trying to see their nervous system with the information that you're giving them Mm. or what they're seeing in you they don't know how to deal with it and so they just go oh let's just placate this and like try and over so I don't feel bad anymore yeah it's it's that real balance of yeah like how how much are you willing to be yourself uncomfortable I think for me I've always been like focusing on other people more than how I feel and I think like I'm starting to go no um I've got to have those boundaries and what I can tolerate and what I can't and I yeah I think for me just reshaping how I use social media and filtering what I see with the toxic positivity and diet culture and all that bullshit is just like it's really helpful um and yeah in day-to-day life just being like like if people say you okay or how you doing you're like yeah instead I would I used to be like yeah I'm okay like I'm doing I would have said I'm doing really well like everything's good and now I'm like look I've been a bit unwell it's not been great um yeah and we often do that shit sandwich they call it where you put something nice then your bad experience and then something nice on the end of the sentence so like that kind of Mm. oh yeah things have been pretty good like it's a nice day today but um yeah I haven't been super well lately it's just been it's been really hard but I'll get through it you know Mm. that like shit sandwich that's kind of how we like 
Yeah. I didn't like that sandwich. I just thought I'd let you know I'll never have it. But uh, <laughs> sounds awful. Yeah. I never Shit said sandwich. <laughs> oh, dear. Interestingly, though, just on the topic of social media and toxic positivity, I have not had anyone message me with toxic positivity. I've seen it in other people's posts. I've copped more toxic positivity out in the real world outside of social media than I have on social media. Mm. That is so true. Mm. I found, well, at the beginning, actually, of social media, I found a lot of toxic positivity. But as um, the time has gone on, I've found less and less I've found anyway. So, yeah, it's much yeah. better. I think yeah. I think you can also just, like, filter a bit more what you see, like the algorithms, like, yeah, don't show you the shit you don't want to see anymore, as, right. depending on what you're using, definitely like TikTok or those kind of platforms. But, um, yeah, unfollow people you don't resonate with and um, I just try and follow people my age that are, like, educated on you know, disability and allies, you know, I try and follow allies or people that have some understanding of minority groups and what, you know, that they're real. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So you can actually choose what you can and what you want to hear people. It's harder in the real world (laughs) because you come across people that you don't, you know, and like, I think, I've been really, really lucky with my family support, like um, extended family too. They've all been so understanding and just listen. You know, at the end of the day, it's about listening to the person and what their experiences is, like, and just being attentive to that. Um, And I think, yeah, for ages I didn't want to make anyone feel sad or feel, because I feel like as well the world is in such a shit place anyway. I think it's like you don't want to contribute to that, like, existential dread. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yes at the moment it feels like doomsday at the moment like it's continuously doomsday but it's like and it's so hard to like not completely focus on that too so it's like I guess it's having the balance of being like this is the reality this is what's happening it's really not great but not letting it consume your whole being because like I found times where I just find it all too consuming I'm like well, the news is fucked yeah. like everything I've stepped away I've stepped mm. away and it's okay to step away from current affairs and current news and just go look mm. not right now I can't a lot of it's like you know catastrophizing to some of it not not all of it depending on where you get your news but mm. um I think yeah there's like a lot of like I know in my age group too, there's a lot of like um, people are becoming a lot more outspoken, which I think is good um, and trying so much to be like an ally. And I think I've noticed though like some minority groups, like I think we're getting better at like uh, LGBTQIA plus kind of stuff and educating and being more open about that and having more people, like especially in the job field and like, I see that a lot of people that are queer get hired a bit more, which is good. Still not, you know, still room for improvement, of course. But I feel like disabled folks and chronically ill are still, like, kind of, like, a bit behind. And I notice that, like, we're getting better with sport but not not other industries. Like, sport, I know that um, amazing Dylan Alcott and the work, you know, he's done and how, how much of a role model he's been for disabled people. Um, and, like, yeah, pe- like, it being you know, on, on our TVs um, more 
because they never used to just show the para Paralympics. They they just didn't cast it on the major networks, which is fucked up. But now it is. Um, but I guess more so in like other industries, there's less kind of. Um, oh, you know what um, Deb was saying? Yeah. She wanted to see a disabled couple on Unmarried at First Sight. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that shows. Oh, my God. I'm, my parents watch it and I sat and I was like, this is just. It's just beautiful. like they're too perfect. I want to see a, a disabled person paired up with a healthy person and see how that healthy person Seriously. Did. And, like, I think there's – I've seen some good stuff, like, just randomly on some, like, platforms where they interview people and things. Like, there was this one couple on a program called Style Like You, which is, like um, – have you heard of it, Chrissy? Yeah, I follow them on Instagram. Really yeah, interesting they're stuff. great. Mm, um, and it's like basically they interview people and let them take over the space and kind of there was this couple, um, a disabled man and his partner, and like they were just talking a lot about what they experienced. Like a lot of the time they go, oh, your care is so pretty or like yeah. your sister and or like they don't and she's like, no, we're in a married couple. And I think that that's so that episode particularly is really good. Um and, yeah, I, I agree. We need to see it more on our TVs and more, like, just everywhere, jobs. Um, Make it normal. Well, I think there's a lot of there's, there's job. There's definitely disabled, like, uh, employment kind of places that, are, you know, employ disabled people. But it's, like, the jobs aren't as, they're not like a, no, like, you know, they don't let you kind of really contribute to society in a way you would if you were able-bodied or non-disabled or non not chronically ill does that make sense like I feel like mm. there's, there's still this gap of not integrate not providing the accessibility and the needs that disabled people have i.e rest i.e having needing to take days off without having like penalties um yeah rest rooms being able to sleep being able to um have your sensory needs met, being able to have flexible hours. All of these little things are so important and they're just still not being, because we live in that very much hustle kind of let's be productive, hustle, haha, <laughs> startup, like industry, like world, very capitalist, like let's, you know. KPIs. Yeah, and it's like, well, you Demi know, actually having neurodiversity and having like, yeah, people from all different, you know, with all different disabilities and chronic illnesses, actually such a, such a like um, asset and such a gift to like a workplace. So I feel like it's just, yeah, it's, it's a, I feel like they're being, we're being left behind a little bit. Um, I, yeah, I 100% yeah. agree. I think the whole LGBTQIA plus flag is flying everywhere and that's great. And I'm like all for that. Yeah. But I definitely agree the disability flag is not anywhere near LGBTQI. And I think to a lot of these um, companies and organisations that do say that they employ and support disabled people, a lot of them are just ticking a government box to yep. get government funding. Or and then right. That's right. And yeah. it's a bit of a virtue signal. We employ disabled people. We're amazing yep. people and work for us but they don't adapt the employment to the disability no um yeah 
And that's where, like, I went on a rant on Instagram the other week because going through NDIS myself, mm. I've been with NDIS for the hearing loss since 2018, but I'm trying to add the FND to it as well. Mm. And I just got really pissed off because we have spent absolutely fucking billions on COVID, on the pandemic, and I can guarantee there is a big chunk of that that has been fucking wasted. And yet disabled people have to scream and fight and prove all the time continuously their disability for any kind of support. And I'm like, mm, that's what gets me about that. You know, they've got billions to throw at a civil construction job to upgrade a highway, but disabled people are still living behind the poverty line. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, well, it's not distributed well. You've got to redirect your money somewhere and it's not distributed well and where's your priorities? Mm, for sure. I think uni has been a huge one for me. Like I've had a shit time trying to get advocating for myself at uni this semester. I haven't really talked about it on the podcast. I've been meaning to. But yes, gone through, gone through the worst time. Like literally I've had to amount of back and forth emailing um, special consideration forms to try and get online classes so I don't have to go all the way an hour to campus when I don't drive. Mm. Like I'm trying to, and these online classes exist. They exist for um, uh, interstate and international students. And that's why I'm like, well, why is a disabled person? Can I not join if it exists for these units? Like you literally don't have to do anything but just tick a box on an admin thing, but they won't do it. They're like, no, it doesn't. So they they talk about being, you know, inclusive and all this. And it's like, well, this is an accessibility need. I, as a disabled person, is asking that's not hard. Like, even if it was hard, you should still listen. But it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they still won't adapt it. And they, I still, like, I can't pick up the phone and talk to anyone. It's all through forms. And um, basically, they, I did, like, I got medical certificates. I got all my GP to write up for me and they still said unsuccessful because you're not they also allow it for severely immunocompromised people but I don't fit that box I'm not severely immunocompromised um I have like I don't want to get COVID I'm like I am I mean I guess I don't know to be honest but I'm not severely um yeah immunocompromised and just because I don't fit that box they won't they wouldn't accept it was this available like all the time, not just from the pandemic? Uh, I'm not sure, but like it's weird. The unis are being really fucked up about it and being like, you have to, you have to be there in person, face to face. Like that's because that's what it's like in the real world. It's like, that's wrong. Mm, no, that's wrong. Like it's not, and it's already existing. Like, why can't you just provide this? Like for me, going into campus is just. I have had to literally book a random room in the library and just like have seizures at uni and it's just not nice. So like, you know, like I don't understand why it's so hard. Um, it's just infuriating. Like why? What, on what grounds do they have to reject someone that's disabled that wants to join an already existing? It just grinds my gears. Mm. Um, and just the effort. The amount of energy and emotional energy it takes to advocate for yourself and then on top of that you've got 
appointments and advocating like I'm getting ready to fill out another disability support pension because Centrelink are also being shit. So it's like this whole, like it's not just one thing and I think that's the thing people don't realise that aren't chronically ill or disabled, that there's just like constant advocating, there's constant writing of forms, um, referrals. I think that's that's the thing that gets me um, the most is that in order to get anywhere, you have to prove how sick you are. And it's a yeah. constant reminder and the constant effort to say, look, I am really unwell again. Mm. Here's a stack of forms that I've had to put so much effort in this thick to mm. get help. And it's the constant stress of will I get rejected again or will there be another hurdle to go through uh, the psychological trauma, the mental yeah. trauma that you go through. It's Especially hard. with all the energy you put into that and then knowing it might be rejected again and just that that getting that letter in the mail or for me it was an email, you know, it's just it's so disheartening and it's so frustrating. I think, well, yeah, with the... Getting lost for, on my account. Oh, my God. Seriously, it's just like... <laughs> I was oh. like... April now and they're like oh we sent out the letter in January You're like well I didn't get it so oh so bad and it's like I think um one the disability supports but support pension through Centrelink I was talking to a lady yesterday who was really really lovely but she was kind of telling me what the parameters are of getting that financial support and it's there's the three things there's one it has to last longer than two years the disability Mm-hmm. Two, it has to be um, you have to seek have seeked like all treatment, which is fucked up considering you can't really afford it because a lot of treatment for FND and chronic, you know, what we all experience is um, private. It costs mm-hmm. an arm and a leg. And they say, yeah, you've got to be completely treated and stabilised. And this is and prove that it's not temporary. But, like, you have to write it in a way that the referrals, like, prove that. But a lot of the time, yeah, they don't know about FND and kind of the prognosis and the treatment. So they don't, yeah, you have to be so specific, apparently, saying, I seeked all treatment. But, like, I don't know. That that doesn't make sense. Like, shouldn't you be able to get it, like, without seeking all treatment because it costs so much and you need the financial support? Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, with the disability support pension, even though there's the, those three things also in the background, mm. I don't know if they still do this. I think they still do. Your referral, they'll be looking for things out of it and they tally it up. There's actually like a table of things, of criteria, and there's numbers, and there's a certain number that you have to reach to be approved. So when we approve for disability support for my older son who's brain injured and autistic, um, they were going to reject him. We had brain surgery documents. We had, like, everything from school, and he just got over by one number. And the neurologist that interviewed us for it, he went, he's just made it over by one number. He showed me the number because he was tallying up stuff, and I'm like, what the fuck? What? Yeah, so there is deeper into the like Centrelink, MyGov, Australian Government website, you'll look, there'll be a table of stuff. I'll see if I can find it. I'll flick it to you, Maggie. So they're great. Thank you. 
thing because my brother was trying to get disability for himself Mm. um and I sent him the information a couple of years ago now but um yeah there's a certain kind of level I guess of disabled being yeah, it's, it's for years, hun. It mm. really did. And it took me to get an OT report done mm. and filled in and actually sent out. And it was like a 24 page report. Mm. And that's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah. But like they're cutting me. So I was on job. I was on, I applied for disability, got rejected. They put me on a temporary job seeker yeah. um, with a medical exemption. But then all of a sudden they've just started. I, put a new medical certificate through and they sent me an email being like, no, we're rejecting this. You might have to owe money or there's demerit points. And I was like, what? Like you literally put me on this with no mutual obligations and now you're saying you're going to cut me off with no no financial support. And I spoke to someone and they're like, because you are a student, I'm a full-time student, so I should, even if I'm not disabled, I should be able to get help. But they're like, no, you have to because you're over 20 two you have yeah. to work 15 hours and and I'm like I can't do that like full-time uni is and like too much for me you know like and I don't have any assets like I don't I don't know yeah it's really it's scary like I don't know how I don't want to yeah yeah that's hard no yeah. um Chrissy if you can help her out and then maybe contact um you know. I'm just doing a Google now to see if I can find it. Um, but I'll find it and I'll send it to you, Maggie. That's okay. It, only if it's um, if you're able. Um, but thank you. That would be great. Mm. Yeah. Well, I've actually just put in, I've filled out my, because my I've got a disability support advocate. So that's something else you should probably look into too, Maggie, is yeah. getting a, like a social worker. Um, yeah, then, well, mine is, mine works for Disability Support Australia, I think it's called. Or oh, okay, Australian, great. Australian something. Yeah. And you can get an, um, uh, was it a um, support service? Uh, I can't even speak. Through Link, <laughs> you can get, like, um, a person Social to help worker. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which yeah. I will do. I just can't even get through. Like I know everyone has this issue, but you, like I've literally called so many times. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, even with my disability advocate, she's been freaking phenomenal and mm. she has worked in the NDIS before, so she knows the NDIS system. Mm. But she actually yesterday I had a phone consult with her and she said get, on, get in contact with FND support australia and um just fill out their form for ndis support and mm. like trying to work through that so yeah awesome and yeah. Um, that's how i've been going through as well so um there is links in the information on the episode guys so check it out as well but uh yeah oh i don't know if i'm going to include this so possibly edit this out but um there is Maggie, there is a new clinic, isn't there? I don't, I don't. Yeah. Um, so the one that it's at the Epworth, yeah, probably don't include this. <laughs> um, but um, what did you, it's, it's like um, a private clinic and it's kind of the only one I could get into in Melbourne because all the others I tried and 
they were public so they couldn't offer any are you part treatment of it now? are you doing the treatment is it yep good? so i start next friday oh, okay um but it's it's fnd clinic it and they know a lot about fnd it's um toby winton brown's clinic and it kind of it linked in with richard khan who's like a big researcher in fnd um and he's also doing heaps of research at the moment which is why there's such a long wait like uh, wait list to get into him um which is exciting and hopefully they yeah can find some good stuff <laughs> um but yeah basically like the epworth it costs to do the full treatment program for six to eight weeks is 10 grand oh mm. who the fuck can afford that not me i literally have two grand to my name right now so <laughs> like i i don't know nah. so like now um is that I'm doing half fair? the program huh? that's not fair is it like no, you have to have private health insurance which i don't you have to have private hospital or private health which yeah i it, i'm like why is it so expensive so like um i just decided to do half not like a quarter of the program because they allowed me to do that so just seeing the psych and and to, they did um, occasionally guaranteed any results for that 10 grand or what's the deal they'll, oh that's what they said they're like no look fnd's tricky one like some people have seen results some people it's like it's hard so, so that's why i'm like i'll take that 10 grand you're gonna spend and keep doing the treatments <laughs> at home yeah 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 go see a nice like I, I see a lovely spiritual lady that does guided meditation and that's helped me so much. So it's like, yeah, it's tricky. I, I think it'll be really good because there's the knowledge on FND. And um, so they, they've got a neuropsych. I'm already seeing a neuropsych outside of that who's really good. Mm. Um, but yeah, neuropsych, speech, OT and physio. I don't, I'm not seeing the physio. I'm more interested in the, I do get like a speech impairment um, every now and like uh, intermittently. So, yeah, it's just crazy. And like, yeah, I'm. I mentioned. So, today, yeah. And she yeah. said, look, there are people who are complaining about um $60 for, you know, the one time fee. <laughs> yeah, like. And it's a bit, that expensive. Oh this my. is like the American system. It's like literally like that, like gives you an insight to what they'd have to deal with over there. Like the, the clinic over in Queensland, right? Is it that mm. expensive over there? Um to it's not an actual like clinic, well mm. that I'm aware of. It's just a hub of doctors that uh, a team of doctors, specialists, allied health that are FND, skilled, aware, knowledgeable. Right. So there's yeah. not actually a centre mm -hmm. that you go mm -hmm. to. When mm -hmm. I say FND hub in Brisbane, that's what I mean. It's just a hub of specialists. People that know. That know. Yeah. 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 And is that, if you don't mind me asking, is that like Medicare cover some of that? Um, well, I get my speech done publicly mm -hmm. uh, through the public hospital. Mm -hmm. um, but the rest, no. It's all mm. private yeah it's so expensive that's why yeah um i just i just can't believe how expensive and inaccessible it is like um <laughs> it's crazy um when, you've, when you're like not just you know if you're someone with fnd but then you've got other health issues as well like i have other yeah. health issues like yeah. i have to pay you know for the fnd stuff and then 
I, you know, do up, see other specialists or see other doctors and that's another fee and you don't get mm -hmm. much back from no. No. Like You have to go you get get $30 back from Medicare Nothing or $50. So $300 okay yay yeah and then you got to buy your medicines on top of that mm -hmm. <laughs> like and if you're a medical cannabis patient there's another $500 on top yeah so expensive mm -hmm. yeah yeah so it's just like a build-up and then on top of that like we can't really work so it's like <laughs> yeah. it's this cycle you know and I think that's so hard and and I think people understand yeah the like I get a bit pissed off and this isn't aimed at anyone like necessarily but there's a lot of people that like uni students I get it life is expensive no one can afford to you know it's everything's expensive but like I don't think they have the idea of like what it's like being disabled or mm. of how expensive that is because yeah they'll complain about like just paying rent which I get is hard but and yeah like more small they don't realize like yeah how 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 much we have to spend and how much we're in debt or like and yeah complain kind of <laughs> like it's annoying when there's uni students that are like you know their mummy and daddy pay for everything and they're like kind of pretend like there's this weird like in Melbourne in my age group like fetishization of being poor or like a minority group when really they're not it's really mm -hmm. fucked up. I'm like, why is this a thing? This is gross. Like, it obviously gets them some kind of attention that they mm. need. They want to fit in, or like, a way to get your attention off the backs of minorities and disabled people. Sorry. Yeah, it's gross. I'm like, no, like, and <laughs> yeah, and like, I recognize my own personal yeah. privileges. Like, I'm very mm. open and very aware that I am a white. Um, a woman that's like had it you know like I've been so blessed so I understand where I fit and I can't imagine being you know uh, a disabled person of color like that that would just be you know there's so many extra layers that it's just like yeah <laughs> we're talking right here I can't imagine I couldn't imagine what it would be like <laughs> yeah people I'm actually that <laughs> yeah you are like <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be like oh you know on it's... top of being a mum a person of colour disabled a woman a mum like all this um, you've got yeah. yes <laughs> you just need to add, add that LGBTQIA thing to that and you yeah and then I'm an all-rounder wow yeah. wow <laughs> seriously <laughs> oh god uh, you know, ah, oh, well, on that point, this unicorn also wishes you, everybody. Well, actually, I hope you all have had a great Easter. <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, look, for all those new newbies out there, the new F and D is out there. Is is not all doom and gloom. We just take it day by day. Uh, you know, that's what I've been saying to, you know, the person that I've been helping out um, and, you know, been intensely he helping out. I'm just writing here. And, uh, you know, that's what we do. We take it 
at moment to moment. Mm -hmm. And as Jake says, if we get out of bed, that's an achievement. If we, you know, if we get into a hammock, that's even better. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many like small, you know, achievements. And like I, looking at the bigger picture, I have learned a fuck ton. I am so much better as a person. I am so yeah. more well-versed. I have so much more to offer. I have so much more. I love myself more. I'm proud of myself more. I give myself more credit. Like there's this, there's a lot of without, and this isn't being toxically positive. This is seriously true. There's so many like unexpected kind of lovely things that have come with FND too. Like I, I'm really, really close to my dad now. Like we, we didn't have never spent as much time together and I'm so beyond grateful for that. You know, there's so many things and layers that I'm, and it shows you who's really there for you and it shows you what's important and and reshapes your values. And I think there's so many beautiful things that come with that too. And you can really navigate life in a different way. Um, And it gives you so much a deeper empathy for people out there, you know, of all all, all backgrounds. Um, So, yeah, it's not all... Yeah, uh, depressing and kind of no no hope. There is hope because there's beautiful that. communities. The reality is there is quite a lot of crap in FND. Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> it is about catching the moments, but just from a neuroscience perspective, neuroplasticity, there is mm. a guy, Rick Hansen, that um, talks a lot about neuroplasticity and meditation and stuff, and he talks about the brain is geared to see if you go about your day, you're going to see one good thing and 10 bad things and you're going to concentrate on those 10 bad things instead Mm -hmm. of the one good thing. Our brains are automatically geared for negative. That's because it's a survival thing. That's like it's it's an adaptation of like, yeah, surviving um, back in the day. So like it's when we weren't as, yeah, complex as we are now. So I think, yeah, definitely gratitude has got me through um, and a huge amount of, like just opening my eyes and I th- I think yeah I'm grateful so much more for the small things like literally you know making a yummy dinner is like a huge thing for me yeah. like because cooking's hard work and you know that is just like a win and I'm just it's it's there's just yeah so many smaller things that I think with FND you bring your attention to and go yeah that was that was a great moment and like, you know, for me <laughs> I reckon um the one thing that um has brought out for me is uh bringing back to bare bones and mm. cutting out the crap literally mm, mm-hmm. like, cutting out the crap there's a lot of it um, yeah. for those who are new and who are just listening literally it's what's most important even the people around you even you know your attitude as well you know really and putting up those boundaries as well or yeah. learning to stop putting them up anyway it takes time and it takes practice but it's it's something you've got to do you got to filter out that crap like yep. literally to survive and to start feeling more like yourself and being able to cope it's just about yeah cutting the bullshit <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well thank you so much for joining us today thank you to Chrissy to Maggie especially um for talking as well it's been actually a good chat We've covered a lot of ground, hey? Yeah, (laughs) we really have. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, to you guys out there, um, you know, stay safe, love-hearted, peace. And what do you say, Chrissy? Because I love what you say whenever we end a conversation. 
Uh, I'm not calling people douches, but I will say be kind to yourself, be kind to others. Very nice. And what would you like to say, Maggie? Yeah, I, I like that. Be, be kind to you, be kind to yourself. Yeah, oh, I like the... My grandpa used to say this thing, listen uh, listen to the music and share the beautiful, which I really oh, like. Oh, that is lovely. like a little mantra I love. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. And that was our little catch-up from a while ago, which is still highlighting some importance today of looking after yourself, especially in these times with F&D and also other issues in regards to F&D, including being disabled or just looking after yourself especially with finances and more it really is ongoing for all of us i really want to thank maggie and chrissy for catching up with me on that day it was really a gift and invaluable to talk to you guys so thank you for tuning in with me as well so for those of you who've tuned in thank you for tuning in with me on this podcast episode especially and until next time guys please especially nowadays stay safe love hard and peace I hope that you can come along this journey with me all things functional neurological disorder Feel free to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and also follow me on Instagram there at the FND podcast. Keep learning about FND, spreading the word, supporting the FND organizations all around the world, and even telling your lived experience with FND will help. Every little bit helps in the world of FND and being an FND warrior as well as we are all each and every one of us FND warriors. Now, if you need any more information about FND or functional neurological disorder, check out these websites at www.neurosymptoms.org by Professor John Stone, FND Australia Services at www.fndoz.org.au. Okay, well, I really appreciate you coming along and listening to Boot. See you next episode and as always, stay safe, love hard and have a good one. Take care now. Peace.